this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive on Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Good morning, church. I am sure glad to be with you today. First, I want to thank you for all your prayers and concern over my um, surgery a couple of weeks ago that was not on my calendar or in my schedule, but I am doing better each day. And uh, thank you all for the support of Camp Kumbaya. Last Sunday, I was directing 50 first, second, and third graders at Kumbaya, and we had a blast. But if you've ever been to camp before, you know that you leave tired but spiritually renewed. And I thank you for your support of that. Today is a special day in the life of our church. We are committing ourselves to a new capital project as a congregation, a new challenge, a new opportunity, together as we work to do some needed facility projects that's not not just for all of us today, but for the church of tomorrow, for the babies who've yet to be born, for the people who've yet to walk through our doors, for the folks who've yet to discover us online or on the radio, We are doing this for the future of this church. And I wanted to share for the occasion um, one of my most favorite stories from the Old Testament in Joshua chapter 4. Oh, and I wanted to mention today, I decided that I would wear this stole that was gifted to me by Jenna Munger that belonged to her father, Reverend Billy Kyles. And I thought, of all days, as we begin a new project as a church, this was a fitting day to remember those who've come before us. Um, And just in case, it's been a while since you've read your book of Joshua, I'm going to give you a little background on the scripture before I read the passage this morning, but I invite you to read along with me when I do. And when our passage picks up in chapter 4, the Israelites are so close. They are almost there to the promised land. They can literally see it on the other side of the river. After 40 long years of wandering in the wilderness, they had been an enslaved people in Egypt. They had followed Moses to freedom, and now they are almost there. 40 years of eating manna every day, 40 years of wandering, of picking up your tent, of never really having a home, 40 years, and they're almost there. All they have to do is cross a river. And Moses, the wonderful great leader, has died. He never gets to go in to the promised land. Joshua is chosen as a new leader And uh, they are there with their kids and their elderly and their tents and the Ark of the Covenant, their most sacred and holy object as a people, and they can see it almost there. If you've never read the whole story, I invite you to read it in your own devotional time this week. It really starts in Joshua 3. But there they are with all their people, and God told Joshua to get the priests 
to hold the Ark of the Covenant. Now, this is Ark of the Covenant is not just something people look for in Indiana Jones movies. This was a real historic thing. I know that's an old reference, but, but the real historic thing, and it represents their most sacred objects that they had. And the priests go first into the river, holding the Ark of the Covenant high, and that's when the miracle happens. The water recedes, and all the people are able to safely cross the River Jordan. And when our passage picks up, this has just happened, and Joshua asked them to take 12 stones, one from every tribe, and to mark the spot, to make a memorial to that moment. And I'm going to begin to read in verse 19 here in Joshua chapter 4. And it's just after they have crossed. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they camped in Gagal on the east border of Jericho. Those 12 stones which they had taken out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gagal, saying to the Israelites, When your children ask their parents in time to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we crossed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So they take the 12 large stones out of the Jordan River and they set them up along the banks to remember so that when your children ask, what do those stones mean? You can tell them the story of what happened that day. Now like any great important journey, they weren't the same people they were when they left. They had left an enslaved people 40 long years, they'd wander, They didn't have to eat manna anymore. They could plant seeds. They could literally put down roots. They could build and be a people again. And of course, when they cross that that river Jordan, it does not mean that everything's going to be hunky-dory and easy for the Israelites after that because there are still many battles and fights and conflict ahead for them. There were certainly hard days ahead, but this moment right here in Joshua chapter 4 is a turning point in the history of Israel. They, They are ending that wilderness journey, and they are beginning something new. And right in that moment, right in that moment, Joshua wants them to stop and to look back and remember the ways that God had provided for them. The miracle of the Red Sea, the crossing of the Jordan, to stop and remember, to be able to tell your children the story of how God had cared for them. And maybe you know a little too well what it feels like to be on a wilderness journey of your own, to feel anxious or fearful about the road ahead on some days. After 40 long years and slavery before it, I'm not sure they knew how to be free. The wilderness wasn't great, but at least they knew what to expect. At least after 40 years, it was a routine. 
Crossing over onto the other side of the river was unknown and uncertain and scary. A river they can't control. A river that was dangerous. All they had to do was make it on the other side, but they didn't even know then what was waiting for them. It makes me think of that ride in Disney World Space Mountain. And the thing about that ride, it's not that the ride itself is so scary. What is so frightening about it is that it's in the dark and you don't know what curves are coming around the corner. It's unknown, it's uncertain. That's what makes it scary. And I think all of us sometimes, we can be overwhelmed by the uncertainty and the unknowns and the what ifs of all that we can't control sometimes. I don't know about you, but perhaps more than a few of you have watched the rising COVID rates in our own community again and despaired and fearful and uncertainty of the possibility of loss and suffering in our community. Sometimes if we could just see, someone could just let us skip to the final chapter and we could know everything's going to be okay, that it's all going to work out. It's the unknown, it's the what ifs that seem so hard. And yet, in this turning point moment here for Israel, Joshua wants them to stop and remember. Why? Why is remembering so important? Joshua could have led them across the river and made it safely across on dry ground, and as soon as the waters go back, they could have high-fived and celebrated and said, hooray, we never have to go back there, let's move on to the future. But they don't. They stop. They build something so that they can actually have something to point to, to tell the story again, to remember how God took care of them. And here we are as a church beginning a new journey together, taking on a significant financial project in what is definitely a unique time in history. We don't know what lies ahead, there could be challenging days ahead of us, but we're stepping out in faith as a congregation, believing in the future of this church, believing that God is faithful. We aren't kicking the can down the road for somebody else to deal with. We're taking this on together as a church because we want to make our facility ready for the future. And in just a little while, I'm going to be inviting everybody to do something a little different today. I'm going to invite you to come forward and place your commitment cards, if you have one, and the yellow offering plate. But I also want everybody here, it's an all y'all invite, to come and get a stone out of the basket that's right in front of the communion table. If you're not able to come forward or don't want to come forward, you can ask a buddy near you or we'd be happy to have some available in the back. And if you're worshiping online or on the radio, we're going to have a basket out there and you can stop by the church and pick up your stone because we want everyone to have it. And so this little stone that we have, it's a little, it has a cross on it. And here's mine. I took it already this morning at 830 and I'm taking this stone because I want us to remember, to look back on the journey of our own lives and in this congregation 
and to reflect on how God has been faithful to us, how God has cared for us. And so today I'm going to tell you what I want to remember when I take this stone. And even online folks, I welcome you to share if you want to share what you're going to remember. But for me, I took this stone because I want to remember the care of Foster about three weeks into the pandemic. We were entirely online. Uh, public health officials were trying to figure out this new virus. No vaccine in sight. And about three weeks in, it was dawning on me, slowly, that this was a long haul marathon. And in my head, I was despairing. I thought, as a church, we are in trouble. It was nothing but doom and gloom and despair in my head and pessimism. And so I'm taking this stone to remember, O ye of little faith. I'm taking this stone to remember how absolutely wrong I was. I read a quote this week that said, God is unconstrained by our certainties. And I'm so grateful that I was so wrong. And I'm grateful and I want to remember the faithfulness and commitment of this church through a challenging season. I want to take this stone and remember the creativity and the tenacity of the volunteers and the staff of this church that carried us through. I want to take this stone above all and remember that God has always been bigger than my fears. A minister that found deepened trust, not in my own abilities, but in a God who can provide and still does miracles. That's what I'm remembering today. I'm going to hold this stone and remember that. What do you want to remember today? How has God been faithful in your life? Perhaps you look back on your life and you can remember a particular heartbreak that you never wanted to happen and realize it was actually a doorway into something more wonderful than you could have ever imagined for yourself or believed in that moment. Perhaps you remember the way God has provided for you in the depth of your pain. Maybe you remember an answered prayer. Maybe you remember people and moments who have helped to carry you in your faith. Maybe you remember a miracle that you are just grateful to have witnessed. What do you remember? How has God provided for you in your life? As a church, we are stepping towards the future, trusting in a Savior who will not leave us or forsake us. And as you come forward today and leave your commitment card and take a stone, and we want one for everyone in the room to have one today, I hope you will hold to it and put it somewhere where you can see it and remember it. Please don't throw it at me later. That is, Jesus very frowns upon that, and I can quote scripture for you if you need a reminder. Bill said, we're giving them all weapons. So um, I want you to hold to it and put it somewhere where you can see it and remember, just in case.
Someday in the future, when life seems scary and uncertain and you are fearful of the road ahead, you can look to this stone and remember the past and trust in the God who has your future. So today, if you'd like to make a commitment of a different kind, if you want to join us at First Christian Church and make this officially your congregation, you can speak to me while we uh, come forward today. I'd be glad and honored and privileged to welcome you. You can speak to me sometime after worship. But we are all invited to commit our lives to the ministry of Christ Church and to come and remember the God who has carried our past and trust in our future.